0: Miss Holloway murdered Carmel in a quiet, ladylike like way. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or ones that have just flown under the radar and passed most people by for the next few episodes we're actually going to be starting a mini series called vintage collection where we're going to be taking a look at underrated and underappreciated films from the past maybe a few forgotten treasures um ones that people have kind of moved on from because we have covered mostly uh more modern films um and i think the reason for that is just a lot of films from the past kind of tend to get forgotten and fall away so with that we are going to be starting off with our first pick which was done by Ariel, uh the 1944 film uh The Uninvited Ariel who I think is our resident expert on uh films of this era cuz I definitely didn't have as much to draw from. So Ariel, why don't you you take it away and uh introduce The Uninvited for us?
1: Yeah, um this movie it was a hard pick to choose from because like the so many old own movies that I that I grew up on kind of like it popped into my head for this series of like Summerstock or the Pirate Forgotten Gene Kelly movies but um I I focused it, I made the choice to do the Uninvited because it's it's been one that yeah I've n- not heard in the a lexicon of people's you know knowledge on movies and especially this one and for me it's such a it's it's such a family classic in in my household and growing up on it and that um my my mom in, introduced me to it and yes it tells a story it's a 1944 1944 movie um and it tells a story of essentially um, two English brother and sister um they are on holiday and they encounter this ab- house that seems abandoned but is very beautiful it's a man essentially a mansion and they decide to hey like this could be come our vacation home and so they with that they encounter that the house is haunted and not just the house but then they also ha- encounter uh, essentially a-, a haunted woman as well who has ties to this house and um it leads to a mystery, and and for me, it just this movie resonates such classic horror, or it, not even horror, but mystery that that yeah, existed yeah. in that era. Um, another good mystery movie um, that it, 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 like little has a little problematic mo- moments of it. That that's why I didn't choose that one, but is Ghost Breakers with with Bob Hope is also a classic um, mystery movie. If you want to check that out. And yeah, so this movie is just like I I've just known it since my whole life essentially and and um it still for me kind of like holds up. You know, you have this like naive sheltered girl that they they kind of or woman that they kind of um interact with and and that's where the the mystery kind of blooms in it. And yeah, like I, I, also reminds me. I'm just like in a kick of of mystery um, <laughs> shows or, or shows and movies right now because I'm also like watching the the horror, hard, Hardy Boys on on Hulu, and that's such a good mystery show. Definitely recommend that one too. <laughs> and um, but but um. yeah, so so this is just such a great movie. You have these like actors that that aren't. You know, big names, even today, you know, you don't have your Cary Grants or, or your Catherine Hepburns or or um, anything like that. Yeah, so I, I would like to see what what you guys thought of it.
0: Yeah, I'll, I forgot to say our introductions at the beginning. We are the Undercast Company, and uh, that was, of course, Ariel, I'm Derek, and then we also have our uh, co-host, Alan.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also want to add... This is gonna be like um released like in September, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So perfect movie for to start off the spooky season. You know, yeah. just kind of like dip your toes in it. Um, definitely yeah. was one of the one in the rotation of of um in the in the spooky season as well. Yeah.
0: I mean, I so you know, like I was saying, for me, uh, I'm not super versed in a lot of the films from this era or at least the ones I am versed in, it's the ones that are classics because everyone has seen The Wizard of Oz or or Gone with the Wind or all these quote-unquote classics of the era because you're told to seek them out and watch them. But nobody tells you to go watch The Uninvited, you know, unless you're, you know, like Ariel had, you know, a very specific upbringing, which is awesome. Um, And we're showing all these classic movies because I was showing a lot of, you know, big classic movies, but not ones that have kind of faded over the years for whatever reason. And this is one that, you know, I think is is kind of held in high regard. Like, it's in the Criterion Collection, which a lot of... When I was looking for my pick for um, one that I wanted to cover, I, one of the things I did do was, like, look at the Criterion Collection because they are so good at being like, hey, here's this kind of obscure movie that is really fucking good from the past and kind of, you know, preserving it. And that was one of the few ways this movie was actually available to watch was... The criterion dvd like i really flirted with buying a 30 dollars dvd um because the criterions are pricey you know uh, especially when they're not on that 50 percent off sale uh just to get this because you can't really find this anywhere because it is kind of just one of those ones that has faded in the past i, I wonder if i think it might have been streaming on like hbo max like a couple it, weeks it ago was. before yeah
1: yeah my of mom course had it fucking was uh, my of mom had course it was um, yeah, my mom had recently like I think it was Amazon Prime. Actually, she she said okay. um, my mom had recently like watched it streaming, and then for you know for my rewatch um, for for this episode, I was like, okay, yeah, like and and I had even seen like on our on our Amazon queue, or our Amazon Prime queue, like oh, it's on there. Um, because mm-hmm. she had just watched it, but but yeah, like I think they just recently removed it. It might sh- pop back. It will probably pop back up somewhere soon. I mean, I Hopefully. really yeah.
0: Because mm-hmm. you you can't even rent it now is the thing. So it's, it's and that's something you know that's come up a lot with all the stuff going on with HBO Max just scrubbing everything. Is if you can't get something legitimately, you have to pirate it. So I just you know I didn't pirate it, but I watched it you know on just some website in really bad quality and i was like i wish i would pay to watch this but you're not giving me really the option to do that other than to even even the dvds are hard to find those criterions um but that's kind of beside the point about the actual movie itself i really really fucking dug it and that's saying something because it's hard for to hit right for me with the movie from this era and i think there's a couple reasons for that i think that a lot of the movies from this era suffer from two really big things. One, I think, you know, it's film had just tradition transitioned 10, 15 years ago from being silent for decades to, okay, now we got to figure out how to incorporate sound. So that's this whole other dimension and it, you know, you have to use new cameras and everything has changed. And so it's really film is starting this whole new era. And then this is right at the beginning of uh, the Hays Code, which starts in 1938, so then this is comes out in 44, and the Hays Code is literally the worst thing that ever happened to movies. If people aren't familiar, it was like the MMPA, but like a thousand times more restricted. There was all these rules that were like, you can't show this, you can't show this, you can't do this, you can't have gay people on screen, you can't have like the at the end the bad guys gotta lose, the good guys gotta win, you can't have like anyone discussing sex or like overtly. So, but. The really good films of this era, like stuff like Hitchcock and stuff, found ways around that. And I think that for the most part, this movie really did that and was able to tell a really effective story Mm -hmm. with these constraints and also
1: the constraints
0: of the filmmaking itself.
1: mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like this movie like alludes to adultery and and an Mm -hmm. affair and scandal and and one of my favorite like i just was listening one of my favorite lines and like hardcore like best description of murder was when they were talking about how oh they like they let her die essentially of of pneumonia and then um Mm -hmm. and then she's like he says like so she was murdered and then in the most and i think in the most lady in the most um damn it i i missed it i forgot it but it was like in the most not ladylike way but in the most like essentially in the most elegant way In essentially mm-hmm. and and it's like oh shoot like that that's such an awesome line and like mm-hmm. i i love like the diet like there's certain moments of like dial great dialogue in this movie like that, that comes out and um and just yeah this mystery and and I I don't know if I because I knew the ending and stuff like that, but but it does really have some pretty good twists and and um, the
0: twist was so hmm. cool. I I really dug that twist, and you know, I think it's something like a horror, whatever you want to call it, a horror or mystery, a gothic romance. Like it has, I love this kind of suspense thriller, whatever film it, it was, so much more than a quote-unquote modern horror film, which I feel like movies that are just trying to just frighten you, like just to get a visceral like gut reaction that is not an emotional one, but it's just like a quick, ha! And I've talked about this on the show before, so I won't go too much into it, but I think that just making you feel so unsettled is so much better in a movie and just creating this vibe of unease constantly. Like when that ghost shows up, there's nothing scary about the ghost but i just just feel so tight you're like oh shit it's right fucking there you know and it's amazing that they can do you don't need any pricks or crazy technology you could do this with the most it's you Pepper's know the goals. most basic mm-hmm. yeah peppers goes like the most basic like old school magician tricks that that you don't don't require any of the the high end cg or even you know practical effects that you would see today and it's so absolutely effective this felt honestly to me like a fucking a24 movie mm-hmm. with the vibes of just like you are just like ooh ah, ah what's happening like you're just like oh shit and then there's a the mystery that's unraveling i really really dug it this is honestly ariel i think one of like one of my favorite films from this era you know with the vintage collection we are covering everything from Uh, pre-1970, which I think is really when the kind of quote-unquote golden age of Hollywood started and you get all these these new Hollywood filmmakers and it starts to become less of a studio-driven system and more of a a um, filmmaker-driven system. But yeah, there were still things like this from that era that would crop up that you don't really see anymore, except for someone maybe like a Guillermo del Toro, because it did kind of give me... Um, Crimson Peak vibes Mm -hmm. a little bit like Mm -hmm. I I know that they were they're very different stories but it's had that same just kind of like unease running throughout it um but Alan you being our horror guy like what did you think of it
2: I I dug it I thought it was a really cute kind of gothic romance that that's the way I thought of it I thought of it more as very gothic um, it reminded me a lot of uh, Haunting of Hill House, the, yes. the novel. Yes, I, I exactly. I know, mm-hmm. I know this was based on a novel as well. I can't remember the name, but I, I, it's like something unease or some shit like that. I, I can't remember. I was kind of doing a little mm-hmm. research. Uh,
0: uneasy, uneasy Freehold.
2: There you go. And yeah, it felt very Haunting of Hill House, very gothic, and even like sequences where Stella's character was... She's kind of going like, you know, oh my God, is she crazy? She's not crazy. That's very similar to the main character in Haunting of Hill House in the novel where these things are happening to her. And the book kind of ends a little bit more spoilers for almost an 80-year-old book. It kind of ends uh, open-ended where you don't really know if like the house was haunted or if the main character of the book was just crazy. So I liked where they were kind of going with that. Yeah, it, it kind of felt like a spiritual cousin of it. Mm-hmm. And even even the opening monologue of like the description is reminded me a lot of the of the opening paragraph of, of Haunting of Hill House. It, it's a very iconic paragraph. I, I see it quoted all the times all the time in other novels and other horror novels, even like openings of films. So I really dug that. I, I kind of had like a love hate relationship with *Haunting of Hill House*, but I think it's one of those things where you kind of have to understand that it's of its time, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be exactly what is now. So going, I, I don't know. With film, I think I'm a, a lot easier. It, it's a lot easier for me to kind of understand and be empathetic with. What they're trying to do, especially when it's like from the 1940s. So you can't expect it to be like scares and jump scares and paranormal activity and and fucking the haunting and all that stuff. This is a lot more, like you said, there's regulations that they're like, we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do this, we can't do that. And I really dug it a lot. Like it was super, super, I I don't know, I I have to say cute for some reason because like, I I just like, you know, because it's older and for me i i felt that tension i think one of the scariest scenes for me was the first night in the house and they hear the wailing mm-hmm. and the crying was like so
0: fucking creepy i was my fucking hairs were standing up
2: i i really dug that like it was really creepy and it felt really like i, I like the reactions to a lot of things because nowadays you know you see movies that are just like you know, they're they're obviously freaked out and they're like, oh my god, let's go back inside. But, like, I like how they just had, like, a conversation and were just, like... I feel like that's how it would really be sometimes when you hear a noise, especially with, like, a significant other or cousin, whatever, sister, brother. You kind of hear a noise and you just go, what the fuck is that? Like, what is that? And I kind of like that they just hung out there and talked about it and, like, even joked around. A little like, you know, he's like, even um, the brother is just, like... Hey, look. If you need anything, leave your door open. I know you're scared. Uh Leave the door open, and like you could tell, he's a little freaked out. So he's like, "Hey, look, I'm I'm just down the hallway. Just come knock on my door, whatever you need." And she's like, "Yeah, dude, what? I'm fine. Like I'm chilling." He's like, "Are you okay? Just I'm just I'm just trying to remind you, it's it's okay to be scared." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "All right, let's cut." Like I, I, you know what it is? It's cute and charming. It was very charming.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was directly, like, horror, like, really scary, like, you know, to, to I mean, back then it was different. For the, for people back then, they probably heard, like, the, the wailing and were just like, holy shit, like, probably gave them nightmares. And, and even the scene of the ghost at the end was probably, like, pretty horrifying, and I thought it was absolutely amazing. Well done, like, I love seeing old effects, especially when they're done right, especially from an era that far back where we're almost, you know, 80 years back. So it's like, holy shit! Like I, I, that stuff always impresses me. I always like the technical stuff, and yeah, like the acting was great. I really loved. uh, I think her name's Gail Russell. She played Stella. I loved her performance. She was super cute, super charming, and you feel so bad for her because they're like, oh my god, you're crazy, and you know, it. it like I think her story is would really grab me. I think I liked her story a lot more than the main character from *Haunting of Hill House*. Like I her name escapes me but i like the way it was done in this like it just there was so much history and there was a lot of mystery to it where you're just like trying to figure out like what is going on who is this ghost and then like you guys said the twist was really cool um my only gripe was like it just they went right
1: yeah past the
2: twist and i'll and like i had to rewind it a couple times and been like wait what Mm -hmm. i even had to go to wikipedia and like read it because i was like you guys it said look, it like, like this it's kind
0: so of like babies are switched and then this happened and then this happened. they just kind of like go through it really fucking quick Well
1: it's it's kind of a uh uh it, it's a lead up there's allusions to what happened mm-hmm. like specifically with wh- it starts off when they say oh yeah they took they took Camilla to um to Paris and then they came back with their daughter with Stella mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it's kind of like okay like, that's kind of interesting. And and then kind of, it's kind of like a lead up into it. Like, you know, you talk, you are talk, uh, there's like a, there's a, a, an affair happened and, and like, you get more and more of, of uh, Mary Meredith's um, darker side kind of revealed and like how she... You know she did kind of hate it and like yeah why did she allow this why did she do this and it's like kind of like a status kind of situation is like is kind of like implied like oh yeah she did not and then she didn't mind it until there was a daughter that happened because that would allow essentially like reveal this there's like somebody there's a a consequence of, of you know this affair and stuff. So, so yeah, it's kind of like there's like allusions to it, and me knowing the the ending kind of like caught on a lot more, like with with this rewatch and stuff, and and kind of why you know like why would they kill her like that you know like essentially like let her die of of pneumonia instead of like saving or you know saving her or 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 treating her and anything like that. So it's kind of like you get kind of like this cons- like this mystery conspiracy kind of building and building into until you kind of uh, with with the with the doctor you know the doctor friend and stuff like that kind of like showing like a vengefulness like we'll get you know we'll we'll I'll, I will like re- essentially yeah like I'm essentially going to send her your way so you could finally kill this girl Because you have so, there's so much, she's the reason why you died kind of thing. And you're, you know, with the best friend and stuff. So, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. You kind of like, I think you get catch on more with the more watches, which, which is really cool. Because like, you know, this movie definitely allows you to have these rewatches and to catch on to all these like clues, essentially.
0: That's what I was going (laughs) to say is like, it, it felt like, like a Nolan movie or something where it's like, oh my, like the twist at the end, you're like, I want to go back and rewatch this now because I, I it's one of those movies that I feel like I haven't rewatched it yet, but I really want to because I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like there was so many things that you would get out of a rewatch because Arrow, like you said, they, they seeded it so well. It never feels like the twist is coming or obvious, but you're like, oh my God, that makes so much fucking sense now. And I feel like it, yeah, on a second viewing, like a Fight Club or like a Prestige or something, when you know the twist at the end. You can view the entire movie in a new light. And I I did want to rewatch it before we recorded. I just didn't have the time to. Um, So I think that that is so cool because it's a lot of movies, you know, from I feel like the 40s are pretty straight. You just kind of one view movies because movies weren't really made to be rewatched then. There was no home video. There was no TV even. At that time where you could watch a movie, you just saw it in the theater. And then once it was out of the theater, it was gone. You could never rewatch it again. So they'd never really, they're like, all right, you just come and you see it. So the fact that they did this, you know, the only other movie that I can think of from the same time that has that much rewatchability is maybe like Brief Encounter, which is a very different movie. Um, So this supernatural horror, like there's always a, there's so many great fucking horror slash mystery movies that have an iconic twist where you're like, oh my God, the twist is so cool. But yet, this movie is not defined by its twist. Its twist is fucking great, but it is so much more than that at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I really didn't see the twist coming. If anything, I was kind of more like it. Just felt very gothic to me, and it was very moody. And like a lot of with, the, with these like haunted house movies, like I, there's two types. I feel there's the very obvious one that like you know paranormal activity. Uh, ghosts are in the house and they're just trying to fuck shit up. And then there's kind of like the more gothic where it's more moody and it's more trying to tell a story rather than scares. And it's also, I feel like the ghosts are trying to tell a story not only to the characters, Mm -hmm. but also to the audience for them to try and pick up. And like you said, it is one of those movies that has great rewatch value because you start picking things up a little better and the rest. So... I think it's really cool that like how ahead of its time it is that like, mm-hmm. th- like you guys mentioned Crimson Peak. I was like, because of like, oh, it's like Crimson Peak. I'm like, well, in reality, Crimson Peak is like the uninvited mm-hmm. because yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure Guillermo del Toro saw, you know, he, he's a big, you know, film lover, probably Have even you the
0: Crimson Peak is, uh, it inspired me. It's very
2: cool. <laughs> I love the monsters. I okay. I'm Mexican and I can't even do the fucking accent. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's really cool. I like seeing stuff like that. So it was really, it, it like I said, it was very charming and super fun to watch. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I just love black and white. I, I love how everything shines just in the way. Like, I know nowadays a lot of people look down upon like black and white films and they're like, oh, it's old, you know, da-da-da. but there's some, there's a beauty to it. Where it just can't be recaptured again in color. I don't know how to explain it. Oh, well,
1: but... yeah. Oh, sorry. Continue. Sorry.
2: I'll... Oh, yeah. No, I was just gonna say like it's just you know what, what, when we went, went to see um Guillermo del Toro sorry. movie uh, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. That's yeah. what I
0: was. I was just about to say. I was thinking of that about because I saw it in color Nightmare Alley, and then I saw it in black and white with you, Alan, and like I've, I've always been like you don't like i get you know black and white movies exist in the past they were cool and there's no really re- real reason to and then i was just like my my whole perception was fucking changed when i saw the difference between the color and the black and white just the shadows and like the just the contrast of that and how in fucking credible it looked and this had that in spades i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there alan
2: no, no, you pretty much uh you know took the words from my mouth like I just I just love that shine. I love that glow. And again like it's like I know you said the golden age is like uh, a little further out but I always kind of thought the golden age of cinema was like, you know, th- in that era like, you know, the the 20s 40s kind of era where just everything shined even in black and white. Where it just like popped and it just felt shine like gold. Like I was like so there's something really one. beautiful about it mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's why i was saying i wish that i would have watched this like on a cry because criterion always does an incredible job at like restoring these old prints and if i had been able to see like that a criterion print i still might buy the dvd next time there's like the barnes and noble sale or whatever because like to see that crisp black and white was like even watching it on like my computer screen on like a shitty transfer from daily emotion where it's like you can see like the it's really pixelated and everything. I was still m- really moved by how great that black and white cinematography looked. To so to see it on a pristine copy is something I really really want to do.
1: Mm-hmm. No, but I mean even the utilize they utilized the black and white too, like to create like things like jump scares. Uh, uh, one of the jump scares kind of moments is that of when they go into the house, their maid like screamed. And then, um you know, Rick goes in and he's like, w- w- like where are you? Where are you? And he like grabs like a flashlight and then like swoops towards like the, the staircase. And then the n- maid is just like, they're frozen, like scared next to the wall. And it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like like oh my gosh, that that was like such a jump scare moment and it's used it's because they utilize like this black and white and stuff. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I did I did want to say there is I have one criticism with the movie and it is because it came out during the haze code and that would just be the ending for me um for the mostly worked but just them kind of being like all right well we got the ghost we threw this candle at the ghost and we all win we all okay
2: that was fucking hilarious real fast real fast this movie has some funny ass shit yeah
0: Yeah. that's the other thing i was gonna say is like well it's just like okay the good guys have to win because it was like the haze coast it's like a malevolent entity cannot win and i feel like if you know this movie was made today you would be like okay there would still be some repercussions like something would happen to one of them like one person would have to get sacri- like sacrifice themselves or like they would have to burn the house down or something would happen but this it's like all tied up pretty neatly and it's something speaking of nightmare alley in the the modern nightmare alley it ends very dark but in the the one that came out in um, I can't remember what year, but the the original, it was made during the Hayes Code, and that movie ends with, like, she comes back and everybody kind of lives happily ever after. That's the way you kind of have to end these things. And I, I do love, as I've said many times, that bittersweet ending. And it's, it just it literally couldn't have that just because of the laws or, like, the code that they self-imposed on themselves. I would have liked to see a little bit more of, not tragedy, but just a little bit of, like, something coming down at the end but I did it did mostly work for me that was my one little complaint that I just wanted to say but you guys are right it was absolutely hilarious and this movie is really fucking funny like surprisingly (laughs) funny and the fact that it is so deftly able to maneuver between like just fright and comedy and have a lot of them be in the same like sometimes you're like oh this is really scary and then it's funny at the same time and it does that so well. I think it's really smart and really impressive. And like Jordan Peela said, the 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 reaction to get someone to laugh and to someone to get scared is so similar. And mm-hmm. I think this movie really plays on that. Yeah. Uh.
2: Yeah. You know what? I I feel like this movie wasn't really much of a gothic romance. I think it's more of a gothic comedy <laughs> because there were some great jokes in it. And like you know, the it's the like gag a, where like
1: a um was it Shaun of the Dead kind of. <laughs>
2: Kinda yeah, like that one's kind of more of that. One, what do they call it? They called it a dark,
1: com, uh,
0: dark a, a, a,
2: a rom-com. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yes. I, I remember seeing the posters like saying that, and yes, yeah, this
0: romzom dot com.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it felt very much like a, like gothic comedy where I was like, okay, it's kind of creepy, but it, like it didn't feel like its main purpose was to scare. It felt like it was more like just a story to tell and yeah like the gag with the boat was pretty cool and then i will say one of the funniest moments where i actually gasped and was like oh my god was where in the beginning the cat's freaked out the cat doesn't want to go up the stairs Mm -hmm. and the brother just fucking picks up the cat and like flips him He's like, this would wake him up. And he fucking just flips him. And I was like, what the fuck?
1: I was like, (laughs) okay.
2: I was like, that's definitely no one giving a shit about animals at the time. They're just like, they're like,
0: they they call the dog an idiot. They're like, get up here, you stupid. (laughs) Like, I was just like, that was was fucking 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 funny. So many times when they do dumb shit.
2: Hell yeah. That shit was fucking hilarious. I was cracking up at that. And then I, again, uh, like uh, we had mentioned uh, earlier, the candelabra at the ghost. I was like okay like like i just like that he's like you're defeated we're not afraid of you fucking candelabra and all i could think of was like you ye and i'm like yo go <laughs> go gonna... get the candle you're yeah. gonna burn your fucking house yeah. and you yeah. get hot. i was like and then he's just like you know after that they're like oh my god is everything okay and he's like here's looking at you kid and they close the fucking door and i was like the candles pro the candelabra's still like on fire or some shit like go put it out <laughs> like all i can think of was like this house is gonna burn
1: yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Maybe,
2: maybe they just didn't want to say it, and they're like, yeah, fuck yeah. it, burn the house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there's so many things that, like, happen with this, like, I, I mean, does does the grandfather die, like, essentially of, like, guilt? Because he, he, oh, he died, died of right? a heart attack. He died of a heart attack, yeah. He yeah. Just, the but ghost scared like, the shit out of just, him. Like, but <laughs> it's, like, of guilt, because, like, he starts to, like, kind of, like, have symptoms, like... Like, he, I think he's just, like, uh, has, like, a, a he, I think he knew, I don't know. Do you think he knew the truth? Maybe not. Um, I think it was just very much, like, he just had, like, a very vindictive daughter.
0: Um. I need to rewatch it. I need to rewatch it and see, yeah, because that's, that's a good, like, yeah, it's one of those things I didn't even really consider. So, on a rewatch, I would, like, like, having that known, that new information. Because
1: he knows she interesting. like that's the thing is like so they're he, not even
0: related like that
1: yeah yeah a, but I mean okay, like he yeah. seemed like a kind kind man but I mean like he knew that she was in danger but didn't want to say exactly why but did he think that it was um uh com uh I not it's not Camilla but but did he think that it was the mistress that was going after her or was did he know that it was his actual like real daughter. And stuff, and like how cold because question. yeah, because of how cold she was, and like essentially, yeah.
0: Well, no, he must have known, right? Because no, wait, I was like, how did she get the perfume? Because did he who the gave father? Her the,
1: the father. Okay. Well, the father wrote that um, it's from
0: your mother. So the
1: father wrote the that that your here. mother wore this perfume. So okay. I, I would just okay. assume that she bought that perfume. Yeah. Okay. Mhm. And that uh, yeah, I like that's the thing too. Is like. Like it seems like the father like kind of like either ran away or because he he's he died, but the father mm-hmm. either ran away or like it did the grandfather you know like keep him away and 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 things. I think it's very much. I I think it's actually very much more that it was the masterminding of Mary, um, Meredith's friend, who. Which
0: by the way, friend, like yeah I mean, yeah I'm very sure, much like, so, yeah like, yeah. It's like, this is like we can't say it because of the Hayes code, but I'm like yeah that your friend okay yeah just like, yeah you know like oh yeah my mom's roommate janice
1: uh-huh yeah i mean to like it to the point where i think like well she was like their personal nurse so she like kind of mm-hmm. lived with them and stuff so yeah. so yeah and don't then commit
0: yeah murders for your friends like, Yeah. i just gonna
1: say and then and then the, and then <laughs> the mother like didn't mind uh uh mm-hmm. a relationship until it, if it was affecting her status so it's like yeah, yeah like yeah 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 yeah
0: Yep. <laughs> this is another of those things that like they, they were very good at Hollywood about like slipping things in past the censors because the censors are so fucking stupid that they're just like yeah we'll put this in they're not going to realize the audience is going to get it but the fucking like people watching this is, is not going to pick up on it
1: but one scene that I do like it's it's actually my, my mom's like, the, like going to like a scene that's kind of like freaky and stuff like that is the seance scene and um I was, like, wondering if, like, it was kind of like a kick of, like, of, like, that kind of, like, I had remembered that it was a Ouija board, but it turned out to not be a Ouija board. It turned out to be, like, this seance circle, which, like, is, like, a remuter, um, rudimentary, like, Ouija board that, that I guess, like, was, like. Uh, passe or you know kind of thing a fad yeah, back spiritualism then spiritualism was
0: really big back oh, in yeah. that time mm-hmm. period yeah mm-hmm. like um,
1: an, calling back to uh, uh, actually a more recent movie that kind of takes place during the same time like the others you know the others kind of like had that kind of seance kind of movement kind of present as well
2: yeah yeah Yeah, there's there's different kinds of like Kind of ouija board spiritualism like i remember in high school learning about like one where um you had to use like a paper and a pencil and you had to hold the pencil in a weird way kind of like doing the over like kind Hank of like 10. this the hang ten yeah kind mm-hmm. of the hang ten and you had to hold it a certain way and yeah i can't it's, it's hard to explain but yeah there's different variations on it but yeah like i, I thought that was really cool that they use like the pen and i like the way they did it, I really appreciated the way they did it. Um and the
1: subtleness of, like, her possession, too, and then her suddenly speaking Spanish, like, that's kind of, like, a, a very cool way of, like, showing, like, um a possession and, and like, like kind of, like, what it's, like, told through, like, accounts and stuff like that of, like, classic, mm-hmm. like, oh, this person, like, speaking a language that, that she never did, which I think, like, uh which my mom, I think, likes to point out to me is that like that that actress was actually like half hispanic or i think mexican Mm -hmm. or something like that or something Mm -hmm.
0: that's cool that's really cool
2: yeah i think she i think she grew up in la Mm girl rosa i know she she passed away really young at 36
0: yeah
2: because of alcoholism but um yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. but for me one of the cool tidbits that I just realized, like, uh, right when you guys mentioned the Doctor character, that was uh, Alan Napier. And he is Alfred Pennyworth in the 1960s Batman. No,
1: no way! Shit. Really?
2: Yep. Like, the OG
1: Alfred, man. Yeah, the
2: OG Alfred. That's wild. I, I, w- I was like, man, this guy looks really familiar, but he had such swagger. Yeah. Where he was so like, you know, he's very debonair and he's super cool and I was like, man, this guy looks so familiar. I couldn't, I can't put my name, I can't put my, uh, I can't put my tongue on it. And then like, mm-hmm. and and, and I, right when you guys said doctor, it just clicked that I was like, that was Alan Napier, and yeah, he was Alfred. So cool. it's really cool. And a little more tidbit, a mm-hmm. uh, base on him. I guess one of the so, somehow down the line where Batman nineteen eighty nine came out, uh, they I call say.
0: Yeah.
2: Jack Napier. They got. The last name Napier from him, oh, from wow. Alan Napier, and then they got Jack from somebody else, or I think it was just a generic <laughs> name. I was gonna ask
0: that. That's really cool because you said Napier, I was like, wait, Bat-, and you started talking about Batman, I was like, hold on a second, that and I, that's really cool. And I just, I really appreciate that character because he does, he doesn't. In a worse movie, he's just kind of there to give ep- exposition, move the plot forward, but he feels like a real person. He feels like somebody with actual like character traits and stuff. And I like that they give him this subtle, very subtle romance with yep. his sister mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. and it's something that like if you took it away from the movie it wouldn't affect the movie at all. like it doesn't really do anything to move the plot forward or move any characters forward but it's just a nice little thing that happens in the background of this movie to make it feel like, oh yeah these are these people, other people like the quote unquote supporting characters, they also have lives. they're also doing things and it's this little side romance. And I love when they just add stuff like that to mm-hmm. movies because it makes the world feel so much more fleshed out and real.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean they kind of call that out themselves too, kind of like mm. in a way with with the uh, maid. You know, they're like, "Yeah, well, how how do you know this?" And she's like, essentially, like, "I have a life," you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, of like, yeah. So like, I I talk I talk around and stuff, mm-hmm. and like, um, so so yeah, yeah. It is definitely like a good showing of. Of, um, and yeah, like that man had swagger. Like, like I said, like he delivered, like, which I, I, you know, he delivered like a really damn, that's a good line kind of thing of, um, when discussing, you know, the murder and, and stuff like that. And like, yeah, like he does it, he, he, um, romances the sisters in such a subtle way and Mm -hmm. like kind of like, like yeah you could kind of like gradually go back and see like all these like little like kind of things and then to the point where you know at the end he's like oh no the dog doesn't need to come back like she's moving it with me kind of thing and like very <laughs> much like yeah
0: uh, yeah i love that little moment when he's just he said something like oh yeah i had the dog uh and he's, he's what does he say he's like oh yeah i w- if i wish i if i had uh known whose it was, I would have uh, met you so- sooner. And she's like, "What? Why?" And he's like, "Cause I'm having a great time." And he kind of like gives her that sly smile. I'm like, "You dog! Like you're uh-huh. the dog here." Like I thought that was fucking great.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this like what, like it's it sets up like yeah these romances like in a pretty subtle way. Like you know you have like a not really like a, a meet cute with with um, Rick and and Stella, but but you still get those moments of like kind of like a a romance kind of like ruins and and then yeah like i i think she's just very naive like uh, and so because i know that like in our one of our previous earlier um um episodes with like the prince of prince of darkness like we are kind of like talking about like oh like there's this difference like age age age-wise difference which there kind of is in this but i don't think it's that that far and i think it's just more so like she's just very naive because she's been like a sheltered life by her yeah. by her grandfather and um and then yeah of course comes along this like debonair um man who you know has life experience and, and is a composer and and stuff and like very much does like a, a move that that in in another um romantic movie the holiday we kind of see like he he writes her her own theme essentially that kind of. was
0: mm-hmm. fucking so, yeah. i thought that was so fucking romantic like mm-hmm. he's like oh yeah i just wrote this song she's like what's it called and he's like stella's Starlight." And i was like holy shit man and like apparently that became like i uh, looked it up later that became like a standard that like sinatra and all these people would sing and were mm-hmm. like playing i was like god that was i was like that's a move right there man that's a fucking good for you dude like and i, I just really loved that i always relate to in films, when they have like a create like a struggling creative character, you will often see like writers or directors put those characters in because, you know, we as creatives have like all struggled and he's just like, ah, I want to be a writer and here's my writing space, but it's cold and freaky and stuff. And I was like, I get that. I get that with being, you know, like a writer and stuff like that and trying to create things. And you will always kind of have that almost point of view character or at least a, a kind of like a mouthpiece for the person behind the film.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, so yeah. with that, um, I'd like to thank you all for for listening to this this um episode, and I really do hope that it it does spark your um spooky season, and so yeah, it's kind of like a a double choice with with this one um since we're we're gonna be running our um this vintage collection series during a normal like halloween kind of time so i thought oh this kind of like i could kill two birds with one stone with this (laughs) one i think maybe um to hint i think derek yours might also kill that those two birds as well i mean
0: it's in the mine's definitely not halloween oh then mine's not not spooky at all oh okay okay okay, okay.
1: never mind it's it's a
0: i will say it's a genre of movie that we don't really see anymore um which is why i'm kind of excited to to go into it
1: Mm -hmm. cool cool yeah um Mm-hmm. And don't
0: worry, I will try
2: and fill in that void for the Halloween season too. One of our uh listeners on Discord recommended a movie and I was like, Oh my fucking god, I want to do that so bad. So uh big shout out to him. i I yeah, I think it was remember. Uh, I think it was
0: Damien. Uh Damien? Yeah, okay. Yeah, my buddy Damien that I do another podcast with. Uh can I say yeah.
2: something? Thank you so much, Damien. I appreciate it. Uh, i'm gonna give you another shout out when that episode drops but yeah thank you so much for the suggestion that that was awesome
1: so yeah um if you like what you're what you're hearing right now um we do have a few other podcasts um that you could check out um i have my uh you've never seen podcast that's at the beginning of each month the first of each month and i take somebody or or somebody else guides me through a movie um, that we've never seen, but is considered a part of pop culture and cinematic history, and uh, um, we get our impressions after our first viewing. And then, um, if you check out our Patreon and and sign up, Der- then you can hear Derek's next season of um, Gateway Episodes, where he introduces, or somebody introduces him to uh, a show using just one single Gateway episode. And yeah, so um, yep. you could find a link to all of that on our any of our social medias we got a link tree link right there in our bio
0: yep yep and yeah definitely check us out on discord like i was saying we've had a lot of really great conversations with a lot of great people about films um of course like i mentioned um uh me and uh, my friend damien do another podcast can i say something that's kind of a more it's a film podcast as well where we kind of just discuss usually what we've been watching, but sometimes we'll do topics and stuff. So uh, check that one out as well as all the ones we do here on Undercast Company. Um, and then uh, just one more thing I wanted to mention um, because we are doing... My project right now, we're, we're all doing the Vintage Collection, which is really exciting. We've got... we've got This was Ariel's pick, obviously. We're going to have Alan's pick next uh, episode. And then we're going to have uh, my pick to kind of cap it off. But after that, I, um, I did want to mention... Uh, that I am going to be working on another project. This is going to be a kind of a bigger project. I'm not going to... I don't want to say too many details about it because it's very, very early right now. But I will keep everybody out there informed. It's going to be kind of a movie slash maybe USA slash documentary that I'm going to be working on. Um, So stay tuned here and I'll I'll talk about it more or probably talk about it on the Discord and stuff. I'm really getting really excited for that. I just kind of wanted to mention it here before we wrapped up.
1: Yeah, so thanks everybody for being amazing and enjoy the start of the spooky season.
0: Bye.